Welcome to the City Life Lansing podcast. We hope this message empowers you to love life, love Jesus, love people, and dream more. You can connect with us at citylifelansing.com. You belong here. Revelation 21, 1 through 7. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and the sea was no more. And I saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Behold, the dwelling place of God is with man. He will dwell with them, and they will be his people, and God himself will be with them as their God. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes, and death shall be no more. Neither shall there be mourning, nor crying, nor pain anymore, for the former things have passed away. And he who was seated on the throne said, Behold, I am making all things new. Also, he said, Write this down, for these words are trustworthy and true. And he said to him, It is done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. The thirsty I will give from the spring of the water of life without payment. The one who conquers will have his heritage. And I will be his God. And he will be my son. Behold, I am making all things new. All things new. All things new. What a promise that is. All things new. All things new. Mistakes, gone. Death, gone. Worries, gone. All things new. God gives us a preview of what that's going to look like forever. The movie's going to be powerful. Revelation 21, 5. And he who is seated on the throne. Think of that imagery. The posture of a king. Ruling everything. The maker and creator of the universe. The galaxies expanding forevermore. And here we are on this little tiny, you know, dot called earth, which is so surreal to think about like ants compared to the vastness of the expansions of it, the never-ending space. And he sits on the throne of all of that. And so when he talks, it means something. Behold, I am making all things new. Well, why not now? You know, there's this truth that a day is but a thousand to the Lord. Like a day that we're in is like a thousand to him. He's outside time. He's fully present, but yet fully out of it. And how do you conceive this and grasp it? Well, we're still trying to figure out world peace, let alone try to conceive the, the fullness of who God is, right? Okay. We're getting previews and glimpses. We can send somebody to space, but we can't, you know, you know handle property lines between our neighbors. You hear about neighbors fighting. There's fights online. It breaks my heart. I watched this uh, kid get beat up online this week. It's just one of those things where you see it happen. You just got to watch it for a second. And I just wept. Because I'm like, oh, the, the, the access of the pain of the world is so real. It's like the weight of the world is in my pocket. Okay, yeah, what's going on? Whew. Okay, North Korea is going to do this. Yep. Oh, man, I better have water. As if water is going to help you. Are you going to, you know, better get some rash. Maybe if I get a gun. Oh, gun's going to help you. Yep. And, uh, and so, look. What's so fascinating about um, followers of Jesus is the way they lose their life and give it up because they're gaining a greater one. They're walking in this whole new rhythm and this whole new being. And it's, it's one of the most, I think, powerful examples and proof that God exists is the way people responded to after Jesus was gone. Where's our leader? 
Where's our leader? Well, you see the preview of what heaven's gonna look like. And I love it so like God to give us a glimpse of the end and then give us help on the way till we get there. Now, selfishly, we could say, well, God, why is it not new now? I want it new now, you know? But wait, we learn in Peter, 2 Peter chapter three, that the Lord is slow to return. He's patient because he wants people to come to repentance. So the good news needs to spread all across the globe because there's some people that have never even had the opportunity to hear the name of Jesus once. And God hasn't come back yet because he wants to get as many of his kids back. And there's a great battle, and that's one of the mysteries, is what does that look like in the heavenlies and Satan and his kingdom and God and his kingdom. And Man, it's real. I may not understand all of the battle, but I see the effects of it. I watched a DMX thing Miranda shared yesterday, and he was talking about how he shares a conversation with God on all of his records. And uh, he has a conversation with Satan on three of his records. And he had seven records. And the reason he said he only had a conversation with uh, Satan on three of them is because once he started to recognize how he talked, he wasn't going to put him on any more records. You know, Satan's talking all the time. He's a master at decoy. He's a decoy. He feels good. You think he's just disguised himself and saying, oh, I'm bad. No, he's like, oh, it's pretty. It's beautiful. He's disguised himself as an angel and like, come taste, follow me. Did the Lord really say? Oh, he, would, he didn't mean that. He's a good dad. Wait. Now, sometimes parents in the room know this. When you tell your kids something and then somebody else says something contradicting, you're like, uh-oh, no, no. Well, but they get to do it. Look, they're not your parent, you know. When God speaks, it's real. And he's given us a glimpse of what heaven looks like. Behold, I am making all things new. Anybody here like previews, movies, when they drop? I like previews because, um, well, I like it because it gives you a little glimpse of the movie, but the real reason I watch a preview is because I know they're out there. Because some people have an amazing ability to have what is called delayed gratification in all areas of life. That they could know something exists and just not touch. If I know the door says don't touch or don't go in here, I want to go, right? I worked for somebody that could ration their candy. So a bag of Halloween candy, 365 pieces, one piece per day. And then when Halloween came back around, they would have a re-up. Now me, on the other hand, I would have a drawer full of candy. And that would last a day. Because as much as I had, this is why I don't like Sam's Club. As much as I have, as much is gone. You're like, you can save money. Where do you hide it? So my wife is amazing at this. She hides our pop. She hides all kinds of things. And before I might go to the store, she's like, oh, I hid that. I'm like, damn, I've been looking all over for it, you know. And uh, now I have delayed gratification in other areas of life, but one of which is not necessarily food and definitely not when it comes to movies because I want to see the preview. What they've gotten really good at with previews is they're, uh, they, they load all the images that you don't know the storyline. They've done a pretty good job at that. In fact, I remember when Star Wars dropped, when Disney first took it over, and you had the preview with Ray, but almost all of the images in that preview were at the beginning opening scenes. So you didn't feel like you missed anything. Because that's a lot of times the temptation to say, I don't want to look at the preview because it's gonna ruin the movie for me. Well, this is exactly opposite. God wants you to look at the preview. It doesn't ruin it. In fact, it gives us more hope for today. Now, is this some happy-go-lucky thing? Absolutely not. And we're going to go to Philippians 1, and we're going to see Paul, who uh, is writing to a church, a people, like me and you, in their situation, their setting, to give them hope and encouragement. 
And I think it's so easy to just kind of say, we're going to turn to the Bible. Okay, but let's unpack that. Because we're jumping into a story that has a setting, that has a certain situation and a backdrop, if you will. There's an address that it's being written to. And so it is from a person. Because if you start learning some locker room talk, that's for just that family. And that's what's taking place here. Now, the amazing thing about the inspired word of God is it translates. That the setting then translates into today. So do not believe the lie that somehow that is as ancient and archaic, but it is alive and living to transform us right now. But it's so important that we don't just instantly make it about us. Because if we make it about us, we're going to miss all of the beauty of the backdrop of what's taking place then. So check that out. So here's the setting and here's the scene. Now Philippians 1, this would be a verse that you see on someone's fridge. You know, you think kind of just the stereotypes Christian, if you will. Christian you know, the, the, the snow globe, amazing, beautiful Hallmark car, cards, you know, perfect music playing in the background, the, the, the weird-looking white angel-looking figure, baby, you know, like the smooth skin but awkward, and then all these paintings. You just, you don't really know. This is, you you got to give people a little bit of slack. This is why they think Jesus is so awkward because the portrayal of him is, is, is so, it's not even real. I look out, and it doesn't even look like any of us. You know, where's this painting? Oh, this is what Jesus looks like. Really? He's an awkward form of, like, a white dude I've never met? What is this, right? I thought he's from the Middle East. And, you know, so a lot of times what, is, what gets tripped up is somebody's just expressing maybe the best way they knew then. But that doesn't mean that should stop us from jumping into who God is. Now, God is very real. He's very diverse. He's all beautiful, all knowing, and he's so personable. So this verse would be one you'd find on your fridge. And it says, and I am sure of this, that he who began... A good work in you will bring it to completion at the day of Jesus Christ. Now what that is is the grand finale. The day of Jesus Christ, the preview. We're getting glimpsed. Behold, I'm making all things new. Because when he comes back, that day, victorious, beautiful, seated on the throne. No more tears, no more pain. A whole new vision, perspective. And then followers of Jesus were called to get that perspective right now. We're getting texts with all kinds of information and updates and stresses and problems. And maybe it's not even happening in our county, but we know what problems are happening in somebody else's county. And now it's not even counties or national issues. We have global issues. And then we're tempted to have global opinions. And what does this information do? It can be, hear this, beneficial, but most often it paralyzes us, cripples us. Ah, I can't do nothing about it. I can't do nothing about it. It's just so hard. It's so difficult. Look at this, though. Now, there's a work that needs to take place knowing it's going to be a challenge. And you didn't start the thing. This is very liberating. I didn't start the thing. Because oftentimes when I do a good work, I put myself at the center of the image. And then as it all gets tested and the waters hit it, we just found out that it was all about me. But when God builds something, it's always about him. And you know who's first he's building? Me. You. He's building us. And he's going to bring it to completion. God's a finisher. He's not like the books that you started. He's not like the classes you wish you could do. He's definitely not like the home projects. He completes what he starts. He does. He finishes every time. He's the fourth quarter specialist. Clay Thompson calls him for advice. Okay? This is how this works. Now, if we aren't careful, though, you can see this and be like, okay, and feel dismissed because our life is challenging. 
you see this meme shared, oh, yeah, he'll complete it. And then you get intimidated because it almost implies, oh, it's happy-go-lucky. Okay, Jesus. You know, it's like the memes that get shared. And the background setting is some little pond or creek with flowers you've never seen. And it has a color tone that reminds you of a 1940s, you know, uh, kind of blast back in time. And then it has a font that you didn't even know existed. And then over here, Satan, he's pitching his thing. Come to Vegas, go over here. It's got, you know, LEDs and lasers. and You're sucked in and you look over here. I'll complete the look of the Lord, yes, the Lord. And here's the thing. If we're not careful, we kind of put God in just a meme or we share them and we, and we feel like we can't relate or connect. But who's writing this? We can absolutely connect because he's writing it Paul, from prison. He's writing this on lockdown. He's writing this in a way that he's saying, hey, no, no, no. I know the struggle, but it's awesome because I know where we're going. And I know who's leading us. You can imagine, well, our leader's gone. Jesus, where's he at? Now our other leader, Paul, he's in prison. This is discouragement. It's a bad day. You text somebody, we love pity. Sometimes we post our problems online and then we just love it. We just soak in it. It's just a tub of ice cream. We don't even want healing. You know, we just lay there, lay there, and find somebody else who believes what we believe. Because how dare we take it to Jesus, because he's probably going to say, oh, touch my hands. Oh, touch my scar. Touch, touch the side of, oh, forgive me, I'm a sinner. But that's really challenging, because it's way easier. Because the devil knows this. If he can keep you worrying, he can keep you wandering, he knows you'll never be a threat. You'll never be effective. That's what he does to us so many times, kind of soothes that comfort. And Paul writes in verse 7, he says, But both in my imprisonment and in the defense and confirmation of the gospel. So here's somebody whose activist is, nature is peaceful because the good news does not move forth by harm. So no matter what the crusades happened or people have done in the name of the Lord, it's not the Lord. You know, if, uh, if a guy punches somebody, that's not all guys. If a girl slaps someone in the face, that's not all girls. If one university was bad, it's not all universities, right? You have to go to the origin. And when you look at Jesus, he's not like that. Very peaceful. He laid down his life willingly, even though he could dominate everyone. He said, Jesus, bring out the guns. Bring out the nukes. We've got to defend our borders. That's what Peter was saying. He cuts off an ear of a soldier when Jesus comes and gets, you know, uh, he gets taken away to his moments before the cross. And Jesus says, look, I could call down legions of angels from heaven. But that's not how we operate. It's not how we flow. So now you see his followers, they're, they're following suit. How beautiful. That just for sharing the good news, here he is in a holding pattern, waiting on sentences, sentencing. So he's not there, fully convicted yet. He's in this waiting period. And now he doesn't have the same rights of a civilian, so he can't go different places. And so luxuries are gone. And this is, this is not fun. Not a fun day. But as we jump down to 12, it says this, I want you to know, brothers, sisters, that what has happened to me has really served to advance the gospel. Wait, he who began a good work in you will bring it through to complete. All right, you're going through stuff and the pain is advancing the cause? No, I thought everything had to be perfect. I thought in Jesus, you know, I couldn't deal with issues anymore. Oh, I think this is why so many of us find ourselves just right back into our old patterns. Because God isn't just trying to save you for a moment. He's trying to develop you for a lifetime. He's part of the process. 
He's the great God that roots you. Because the storms of life hit, where will our roots grip? Paul's roots were in Jesus. Verse 13, so that it has become known throughout the whole imperial guard. I like this. I like the verbiage. You can even see it feels like Star Wars. And to all the rest that my imprisonment is for Christ. Why is Paul there? I'm hearing this Jesus thing. I'm activist for eternity. I'm a citizen of another planet. I'm standing up for rights of people. And most importantly, for proclamation that people could be set free. They don't like that because if it starts to take, affect people's wallet, affects their power, Oh, they're seated on the throne? You'll find the voice will get really quiet really quick. I mean, look how quick people that stand out for something in our day and age, how quick their voice gets silenced. Or how about when they do promote them? I got to watch the uh, NBA All-Star, and they did did a lot of um, racial reconciliation kind of portion to it. And it was fascinating because, uh, you know, it's hard to not think, are you just doing this because now we can profit off it and we can kind of control it? Because in the NFL, we couldn't control it, and it's crazy. And, and I'm not saying either one's bad or wrong, but I'm, what I'm saying is, is Jesus threatened the systems of today. And this is the greatest country that's ever existed as far as, like, functioning and, and welfare of, of people on a global scale. And absolutely, that reflects the nature of God, yes. But at the same time, we stand up for everybody. So it's that tension, Right? We're under authority, we live and operate, and we stand and we exercise, but at the same time, we also are part of a cause that lasts really forever. You feel that? We're, living, we're in two worlds. We work at our jobs, but yet we're working for another king. We're in this country, but yet we're going to be a part of heaven, the new heaven and the new earth. And so this advancement, this pain, this moment, this, this struggle is being now used to, 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 to extend the mission, the cause. Uh, 14, and most of the brothers having become confident in the Lord by the, my imprisonment are much more bold to speak the word without fear. Perfect love cast out fear. So what you have is people's love being increased by Paul's imprisonment. By his hardship, now we want to go run this thing and get really focused and, and excited and bold. I've learned more from people when they've went through things than when they've won something. And winning is amazing. When you're on the top of the mountains, that's great. You're going to Disney World. That's great. Tom Brady, you won five. Awesome. He's the goat. He's the goat. No, he's not. I saw Montana. Okay, fine. Whatever. Brady's got 100 rings, right? And, but this year, he didn't win. And he said a fascinating thing. I saw a clip uh, two days ago. He said that his kids came up to him bawling their eyes out. And he never had to t- ta- teach them that lesson yet because they weren't old enough to fully consider. And they were crying, we lost, Daddy, we lost. And he said, no, 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 I want to teach you this. We don't always win. We try to, but the beauty was in the progress, the process. That's the joy. He couldn't have taught them that lesson from winning. He taught them that lesson from losing. So often we feel like we need to hide our pain, hide our issues, hide our setting. When I hope today that you'll feel that you can fully feel and follow Jesus. You can fully feel. Well, here's how I feel. The difference is, though, when you look at them, the feelings will probably start to fade into the background. And that's why you see in the Psalms, oh, God, they're all around me. This is hard. I'm crying. Why? Why'd you set me here? I look upon your steadfast love, and I remember, great is the king of Israel. We love you. You know, that's the song. Because the Lord is okay with your lamenting, your frustrations. I think that's really important because then you just won't see this Jesus thing as something you put on your fridge. And then that verse that he began a good work in you, 
starts to come alive because it's written from, oh boy, that's imprisoned, letter from lockdown to me that's alive for us today in Lansing, Michigan. And so we start to get a little bit more bold. We start to get a little bit more active and we're excited. Now in verse 19, it says, for I know that through your prayers, look at this partnership, and the help of the spirit of Jesus Christ, this will turn out for my deliverance. It's like, don't worry about me. You've been praying for me, that's enough. But I have something even greater. I think if this was weighted, a lot of times we want the prayers. Give me the prayers. Prayers, oh yeah, praying for you, praying for you. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. But, but where the real healing will always take place is the help of the Spirit. Now, the introduction to uh, Philippians in the Gospel Transformation Bible here, I love how it puts it. It's, just a, it's a great um, kind of introduction. It says, their beloved leader, Paul, is in jail. They face tremendous opposition from enemies. Their church is experiencing rivalry and disunity. One of their key leaders, Epaphroditus, has nearly died twice. And some are subtly teaching confidence in the flesh rather than the cross of Christ. How can they rejoice? So I'm like, oh, woe is the Christians. But yet, despite all of these circumstances, Paul calls the Philippians to remember the power in joy of the gospel and their secure citizenship in heaven. The situations change, the events change, but our response is not dictated necessarily on what's happening. It's what's going to happen and what's already happened in Jesus. So we're in that victory, in victory, moving towards the final victory of what that all feels like. Now that doesn't minimize or discount our pain. Our pain is very real. But our leader, though Jesus left, he's a great leader and knew that if you've, you, when you watch movies and somebody uh, passes away and they, you find in the archives, if you're watching this, I'm no longer here, but they leave the codes. Our leader, when he left, this is what Paul's talking about, the help of the spirit. Our leader, when he left, he says this, when, right before he's getting ready to go in John 14, 16, and I will ask the father and he will give you another helper. A parakletos in the Greek. A paraclete. will give you a helper. Also a comforter. Why would we need to be comforted? Because there's going to be confrontation and conflict in our daily life. And so therefore, we're going to need a helper to be with you forever. Even the spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees nor knows him. Blind, no vision. You know him. For he dwells with you and will be in you. Now, as God's story progressed over time, you had moments when the spirit would come down and then it would stay and the presence would go, but the presence would leave. Now, here Jesus shows up on the scene. And he's saying, no, it's going to dwell in you. This is crazily cool, awesomely big, and you insert every word that we could create. Slang, slang, uh, gifs, gifs, emojis, and da-da. You got to get that because here's the cool part. We no longer are separated by a veil a tabernacle, a sanctuary, a bunch of rituals. Jesus became the sacrificial lamb, perfect, spotless, blemish, no more. He's all good. So that you and I have access directly to touch God. Like we're here. So therefore we have this helper that's teaching us and training us and comforting us. But we recently bought a comforter on Amazon at four and a half star review. This is 
exciting. It wasn't the most expensive comforter, comforter in any stretch of the imagination. We just Googled uh, minimalist hipster comforter. <laughs> you know, it's all gray and it looks awesome. We're like, yeah, it's comforter. So we got to keep this thing super clean, babe. We, uh, you wash it once a month. First wash comes laying. I look at the comforter. It's already starting to wear through. I'm thinking, man, I should have bought the $400 one. And then I was getting consumed in this idea. The comforter's done. And I was, but wait, I think a lot of times in life, that's what we're looking. The comforter, the things, they're weighing away. The house, the, I need southern comfort. I need food. But yet when Jesus is saying, when I give you comfort, no matter how many times you wash it, no matter where you go, no matter how many stuff, this will never be taken away from you through all of the pain, through all of the issues that I am with you forever. So that's what it means. The Holy Spirit is what we have. They didn't have access to, to the Bible like we do. But when Jesus left the Holy Spirit, whoo, that's what you got today. It's personal. It's with you. So Paul, he goes on to say, this is how his view of vision is. And we're going to start to land here. Uh, Philippians 1, 21. For to me, to live is Christ and to die is gain. This has stretched uh, my personal devo time many times. For me to live as Christ, okay, if I'm going to live everything like Jesus, but to die, that's better because I'll be with Jesus. What? Paul, are you crazy? When he goes on and says, I'm hard-pressed between the two. <laughs> you know, he's really debating. Do I just let them kill me? But you know what? I need to be here because my desire is to part and be with Christ, for that is far better. But to remain in the flesh is more necessary on your account. That means today, if we're alive... We have a purpose, and it's a purpose for people. Convinced of this, I know that I will remain and continue with you all for your progress and joy in the faith so that in me you may have ample cause to glory in Christ because of my coming to you again. So what he's saying is, through all of my hardships, all of the issues, it's gonna keep pointing people to Christ. I wonder through all of our hardships and all of our issues, if we start to use that as a platform to start to promote the good news, and point people to Christ. Instead of hide our stuff we're dealing with and hide the pain and say, well, okay, what do I do with it? Well, uh, we, uh, we're not immune to pain. And uh, I want you to hear, I got a voicemail uh, that I received on February 28th. Hey, Jerome, it's Chris. Uh, been in jail for nine months. So I was trying to see what you're doing. I'm stuck out here in Lansing. I'm in a try to give you a call back later, see how you were doing. Um, I'll see when I can get to another phone. I ain't got no phone yet because I just got out of jail at like 1230. So, all right, buddy, I'll talk to you later. So. Um, Thursday night, so Chris just got out of jail recently, and I remember thinking when I heard the voicemail, I was like, oh, it's great to hear Chris's voice. And yeah, he didn't have a phone, so I'll, we'll end up running to each other because – I mean, we've been friends for a really long time, graduated together, and been through all kinds of stuff. And So I'll see him. In fact, I know he'll probably show up at City Life one day, and he'll be on the Dream Team. It's going to be awesome. Life's going to get focused. It's a matter of time, and it just always felt like that would be the story. And then 1130 at night, scrolling, and I see Chris's face. I'm like, oh, that's cool. I'll see a picture of Chris. And, and then right above it, you know, RIP, Chris, we'll miss you forever. And I'm like, what? No, and I just sit there, and I just start bawling like a baby. My wife's like, what's going on? What's going on? I'm like, no. And I'm thinking, oh, I just didn't call him. I didn't reach out to him. Oh, my goodness, I didn't go find him. And then, you know, I've been on this 
journey with Jesus for long enough to know, okay, well, that's, that's a lie from Satan. Like, how can I learn from it? But then thinking through, oh, he's got children, the weight. I know how much he loved his kids. And here we are, and oh, this is not good. Well, what would Chris say to us if he was here? You know what he'd say? Man, he's with Jesus, and, he, and I know he knew Jesus, like Teen Challenge grad, and uh, he, brilliant person, memorized books of the Bible. And Satan always attacks those who are the biggest threats on the kingdom you know, of darkness. That's what he does. It's his, it's his M.O. And, uh, and Chris would point and say, to live is Christ and to die is gain. I hope that this uses to encourage you. You can feel the pain for a moment to me, and everybody would say, I'm going to work this thing out. It's like Romans 8, 28. But we know not, but we know that for those who love God, us, all things work together for good, all things new, for those who are called according to his purpose. That even the pain, even the place of uh, regret, even or learning, and you, whatever insert phrases, it's, it's never fun, but it becomes a platform if you allow it to, to teach you, to, to grow you, I, Pastor Brad texted me this morning because I just let him know what was going on. And he texted me back and he said, bro, so sorry, that's heavy. Uh, I'll text him, I'll be doing Chris's service next Sunday night. And um, yeah, I mean, there's, it's, it's fun to do, uh, you know, the great grandparent who's 88 and loved Jesus. And we did this one lady's uh, funeral who lived two, two doors down from us and she had the coolest little story ever, you know, home uh, maker, just took care of her family. And um, in fact, didn't even have a license because she always, uh, her husband drove her around everywhere her whole life. And I couldn't get one negative thing, you know, and here she is 80 something and passed. It's like, oh, okay, that makes sense. But it's the ones that, you know, that are like this, that are very challenging. And so Brad texts me, um, praying for you right now. You're a great leader. Like, what? You're an even better pastor. Even better dad and husband. What? An even better follower of Jesus. What? You get Enter into his Sabbath rest and let him carry the burden with you. I'm like, oh, he who began will see it through to completion. Oh, that's really good. Thank Pastor Brad. It's exciting. Pity parties are real. Sometimes we can feel like we're the person with no shoes. Everyone can tell you, oh, life's hard. You know, Chris, for me, he was the person with no feet, figuratively. Hearing about how he came from New York, mom died real young. He used to have to sell um, candy to provide for the family, like eight years old, comes here. Um, everybody, you know, is from New York, so people would just, just make fun, all kinds of crazy stuff. And we connected and became friends, and he, he was not scared of anything. And, uh, but God. And we just walked it out, and... Um, he lost two of his siblings, and just, just, just story after story. And so I always felt like well, my life compared to him came, came and compare. And uh, but, but we all find ourselves kind of soaking in our sorrows, and we need letters from Paul to remind us of who 
Jesus is and what he's done. There's this moment I came home from the car lot, and some of you know that story as far as I'm not super excited about selling cars in my life. And I'm selling cars, and I come home. My wife's like, how was the day? I'm like, I don't want to talk about it. And I go in the bedroom, and I like turn off all the lights. And I'm just sitting there, kind of just, I'm just give me 40 minutes to myself, right? I need some me time. And I turn on TBN, and this guy's preaching. Oh, God, is so good. It's like the memes, you know, with the, the, the lame font, and it's on the fridge, and just whatever. Of course, Jesus is good for you, buddy, right? You're on TV. And, uh, and he's like, you know, life is short. We got to tell everybody about Jesus. It's going to be so great. We're going to spend eternity with him. And, and we can't always uh, control what happens to us, but we can't control how we respond. And I mean, I'm in my mind thinking, dude, dumb. Like I was so mad and so done. And then the picture zoomed out. And here's a picture of him. And he has no arms and no legs. He's a traveling evangelist, Nick something. I don't know his last name. It's hard. Nick V something. And I remember in that moment, bawling. God, forgive me. Forgive me. Forgive me. Not having the right perspective. Not having the right motivation. And just remembering the opportunity that I have. Because you are making all things new. And I'm sure there's many down days for Nick. But the fact that he's choosing to push through and point people to the good news through his imprisonment, if you will, then by God's grace, then we can start to turn these devices that are kind of crippling us and paralyzing us with information to remind each other of this kingdom that will never be taken away that we have. Not based on what we've done or what we will do, but based upon everything of who Jesus is and what he stands for and the victory that he has. And so that he gives us this comfort and the helper, the Holy Spirit, and the, and the Holy Spirit's with us fighting side by side. It's like a military image and back to back. And we got Jesus here with us and going through it. And it doesn't mean we have to hide it all, mask it all. It means I can show up to a group and I can just say, hey, I need some help today. You know, that's why I text Pastor Brad. I was thinking, what would I tell somebody? Well, I, first thing I tell him, make sure you tell somebody. I'm like, I don't want to tell somebody. I know what they're going to say. You're, keep going. Jesus is awesome. But it's something powerful when you let yourself be spoken to to remind you of who Jesus is. When you read the inspired word of God, if you will. That's what it was for me. It's like a live uh, word for me today. Now, here. Gives us hope. What's your pain? What's your hardships? What's your imprisonment? Something? I'm sure. I think that God is present in it letting you know that he's going to walk with you to complete it. So we're going to close here. And what we're going to close doing is this. We're just going to create some space for the Holy Spirit to speak to you uniquely to us in a way to let you know, hey, you're a great leader, even better pastor, even better husband, even better father, even better follower of Jesus keep going and trust in the finished Sabbath rest of Jesus Christ. And as you do that, I really believe that the Holy Spirit's going to impart in this place not to get over weird or over spiritualized, but I mean, how Jesus, if Jesus left and he left the Holy Spirit, then we need to tap into, you know, we need, we need to receive what he wanted. Present, helper, maybe in your own words, you're just going to say, God, here's this situation. Just throw it to him. Cast it upon him. He's a good, good father. He can handle it. He'll let you know that he's going to use it for glory. He's going to tell you, keep going. 
Maybe somebody's got to come up front and just kind of fall at the altar. I'm not sure what you'll do. But just do whatever you feel compelled to do and let God seal this message today that to live is Christ, to die is gain. So no matter where we're at on this journey, it's all about Jesus. God, as we enter into this time of worshiping you, it's acknowledging the worth of who you are and what you've done. God, we thank you that through all of our mistakes and all of our worries and all of our cares, you're still present and you care. God, remove us. May we decrease. May your voice increase. We trust you. We trust your leadership. We trust the Holy Spirit today. Our environment may not change, but the inside of us can. And we want you to be on full blast right now so that we can tell the whole world that you are God. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's worship. Thanks for listening to the City Life Lansing podcast. Loving you and loving the city one life at a time. For more information, messages, and to partner financially, go to citylifelansing.com. You belong here.